Welcome and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites, or SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, the Vice President of Site Engagement. SCRS Talks allows our partners and those that we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern, share exciting achievements, and learn more about our community. Today, we have Mike Wagner, the CEO and founder of VersaTrial. Mike will be talking about the benefits of having a single point of contact for the site, as well as how technology can enable better site and industry relationships. Mike, thank you for being here with us. Really excited to talk about this ever-persistent subject as it pertains to what clinical research sites need. If you wouldn't mind, we'd love to learn a little bit about you and VersaTrial. Jimmy, uh, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, in terms of my background, I'm a software developer that fell into clinical research a little over 15 years ago. I first started working at the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's research. And just the idea of moving science forward and bringing new treatments, cures to patients was was just you know, rewarding and something I wanted to to dedicate my career to. And I, I kind of got the bug and hooked right away. And uh, through that experience and follow-on experiences, just started to realize the complexity of our industry from, from different perspectives. So I had a chance to spend several years working with advocacy groups that were looking to help educate patients about the importance of clinical research and connecting to clinical research. I spent some time working uh, at various startups that were doing iPads in the waiting room of doctor's offices and understanding the doctor workflow. Uh, spent a couple years of my career helping uh, pharma companies work more productively with their patient recruitment partners and understanding that uh, perspective. And about a year ago, kind of looked at the industry and, and where the challenges were. And, and I had gotten to know a lot of sites over the years at SCRS events, uh, through my various um, different roles at different companies. And I just had a, an amazing appreciation for what sites do every day to day. The, the, they're the front lines of clinical research. They're the ones that are talking to and working with patients and uh, really helping setting them up for success. And they're just faced with a lot of challenges. And a lot of the technology solutions that were being introduced that I was seeing weren't always geared towards setting the sites up for success. They were often designed to set a study up for success or a pharma up for success or a CRO up for success. And those solutions weren't scaling at the site because this, the tool couldn't be used universally across everything they were doing and wanted to start Versa Trial with the goal of how do we do right by sites by putting them at the center and equipping them with tools that, that really do improve their productivity, morale, and ability to make research happen. Thanks, Mike. And uh, I think that perspective really will be personified in some of the discussion that we have today around, you know, universal standardized systems for the site. So I think that's, a, a, again, a unique perspective from a technology company that I'm excited to explore with you a little bit today. And, and talking to that, we hear through the SCRS Site Landscape Survey data that sites strongly desire qualified single points of contacts as one of the truly simple resolutions that sponsors and CROs can bring to the relationship. So can you talk a little bit about and share some recent experience in this space underlying this need even more? Yeah, there's, I think what's in a complex industry, there's going to be different perspectives. And it's always amazing when you meet someone who has been a, a clinical research coordinator and a CRA 
at a CRO and now works at a sponsor because they can kind of understand the the different perspectives. And uh, not everyone has had that chance to to see the industry from every perspective. But what's been nice in in chatting with folks in each of those areas is there's different challenges on the different sides. So from a coordinator standpoint at a site, there are urgent things that come up and you need help immediately. Or maybe there's things that aren't as urgent, or maybe there's something where you're still waiting on a, a coordinator to get access to an important system. So there's a lot of communication to get you unblocked and unstuck in your day on that particular study, but you're also working on many studies at once, and everyone that's your counterpart on the other side might have a different process, communication style, competency, and so you're you're kind of not within your own organization in control of your destiny to get unblocked. You have a dependency on someone else to get you that information, get you that access, uh, get you the approval, whatever it might be. And that's a stressful position to be in because if you if there's not consistency or trust on the other end, or every time you pull the fire alarm or raise your hand, you're not always hearing back or you're, you're hearing back uh, with, with long delays or it's a game of telephone and you feel like things are falling through the cracks. That's incredibly frustrating. Uh, that's a big hit on morale. That that's stressful. So on, on a podcast that I listened to recently, the person mentioned that at CROs there isn't this concept of the A team and the B team, but there's just situations where A players, because there's only so much time in the day, end up becoming uh, B players, no fault of their own. They're, they're just managing too much. And so as a result, you have a site coordinator that's really in need of help, uh, whether it's urgent or, or something that needs to get taken care of that week. And they're getting out of uh, office responders uh, in the inbox or things are falling through the cracks or the person that needs critical access for the upcoming SIV is, doesn't have that access. And no one's there to help. So a lot of times in this game of communication, Having that trust, that reliability is important, and it's hard to deliver it consistently, especially in the background of turnover. Tremendous turnover on the site side and the CRO and pharma side, which means that you might have a great person that's helpful and responsive today that, that's getting you what you need, and tomorrow that might be different. And so every study you work on is going to have these different stresses and challenges, and it just adds to the, the burden on both ends to make sure that we're operating efficiently, everybody has what they need, and we're avoiding uh, missteps along the way. Yeah, there's some really great points there, Mike, especially around just the fact that, I, I, well, maybe not points, but mostly perspective, I guess, around what's going on at the sponsor and CRO level with these CRAs and, and how that affects then the sites. I appreciate you bringing that together um, to paint that picture for what that really does and, and the detrimental effect it can have on the relationship in general. So what other sort of potential problems can having, um, I guess, a single point of contact help resolve? particularly from the perspective of you, a service provider who is really in tune with the research site? So I spend a lot of time at sites. And the thing that a lot of them struggle with is just the simple question of where do I need to go and who do I need to talk to for this particular study that's in front of me? To answer that question, uh, there, a lot of sites have to um, you know, look in different places. Sometimes, a lot, or a lot of times, that information might be stale. Uh, the, the quote that I hear a lot that I, always makes me laugh is, 
my CRA changes more often than my socks. And so if if the key coordinator that's working on that study just goes on vacation for a couple of days and someone's their backup is filling in for them, there's not this clear understanding really of, again, where do I need to go and who do I need to talk to? And then all of a sudden we're contacting a CRA and we, we realize that that CRA is actually no longer on this study and we're we're not talking and communicating the right person. We don't have the right phone number or email in place for things that need to be escalated. And I think what ends up happening a lot of times is pharma and CROs try to share the these resources up front at the start of the study, but it's in the pharma's uh, solution or system where this information is shared. So the site needs to take it down from there and then go put it somewhere else. And then things change throughout the study. So there's this, because we're not all operating in the same system, because the there's the site systems and the CRO systems and the sponsor systems, there's a lot of things that can potentially fall through the cracks as a result. One of the big things is just who is my CRA? What is their contact details? And what is the outstanding request that I have of them and the, the things that they have been sharing with me? And whenever something changes on either end with a CRA departure or a site departure, you now have to start from scratch to build out that context, build out that relationship and get the study back into a, a, a better spot where we're in sync again. It's very easy to fall out of sync. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges of answering that simple question again of where do I need to go and who do I need to talk to for each study? It's a really great couple of points there, Mike, because I, there's 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 two things I want to tease out of that. One is just maintaining those open lines of communication and having a plan in place regardless, because as you stated, turnover happens, right? CRAs come, CRAs go. Uh, I think that's relatively sort of a, a fact of being in this industry. But what's really important and really critical, and I think maybe a call out to some of our sponsor and CRO partners is being clear with the sites on when that does happen, what sort of support they have to underlie that, as well as what is the process that this relationship will embark upon to be able to minimize the disruption that that change is going to have as a result. I think that's a really important uh, concept kind of coming out of what the, the point you made there. The, exactly right. The, the minimizing the disruption, because it really can take a toll on the both in the short term and the long term, the success of that study, if things are falling through the cracks, if that trust is not there. Um, so both there's the awareness. And then a lot of times there's just the institutionalizing the knowledge on both ends of what what is important and what do we need to know and not start feel like we're starting from scratch, especially when you're in the middle of a study. Exactly, exactly. So Mike, what can technology do to enable this relationship to be easier and more efficient? I think the the biggest thing would be to just acknowledge the reality um, of where we are as an industry. We're an industry of many fragmented solutions across many organizations. And I know there's a lot of potential around interoperability, single sign-on, you know, single user experiences, but but just given where we are today, that's very, very far down the road, or I think a little bit unrealistic uh, in, in, in terms of actually becoming a reality. And so the the in accessing or in acknowledging where we stand, it's now a matter of how do we get these systems to better work within our workflows across organizations? 
everyone's got an Excel file tracker. Everyone is exporting data from one system to send an email to send to someone at another organization to then bring into their system. And so are there any optimizations we can do there so that there's never that risk of latency and bad data and information where someone isn't operating off of what the reality is, uh, but they really do know, you know, up-to-date information of who is my CRA, what is the right escalation path, how do I get the answer back quickly, uh, making sure things are better coordinated. There's definitely ways to think through how we can work within the status quo of all these different technologies and systems, but there needs to be a defined process at the organization level for doing that. And it can't be each coordinator or each CRA choosing their own path because that leads to chaos. If if coordinator or CRA uh, number one is doing something one way and you know using their own personal OneNote file to keep track of critical information on the study and, and you know notes about the, the the site and which CTMS system the site is using or what uh what their ereg tool is and that's not institutionalized. The second that CRA leaves the organization or moves on to a different project the new person has to pick up where they left off and has to go do a fact-finding mission starting from scratch to go put it into their own solution to try to keep track of these things. So I think the the big thing that I've been seeing from organizations that are working really well is consistency across staff. If something is happening or something needs to be stored somewhere, everyone is doing it the same way, and it's not a choose-your-own-adventure. And then it when you really need that information or that data point, it's it's a shrug and a, okay, I guess we're going to start the search process. So the the one thing that that I would really call out is just looking at what people are doing today and if there's irregularities or confusion or we're onboarding a new person and they're doing something different than what the person that's been there for five years is doing, there's maybe something to revisit and optimize there. That inconsistency, Mike, I think is a really important concept because we hear from sites all the time that they want the technology to fit their workflows. But if a site doesn't have an appropriate workflow or a consistent workflow in place to begin with, it's tough to make things fit um, their their workflow, their universal workflow. So I think that's a really important piece of advice for the sites around making sure that when you ask for things to fit your workflow, that you're Workflow is established and consistent across your organization, uh, which is something that I I know there's a, a good amount of sites that can strive to meet that ask so that we can be consistent across, again, our, our entire ecosystem here. So, exactly. Mike, what advice do you have for sponsors and CROs looking to make technological investments and and talking a little bit about things that are that are site ready and that can help meet the needs of that I guess workflow consistency in a way? I think the the biggest thing there would be perspective. If you work at a CRO or a sponsor, the thing that's in front of you is your study, and that is everything. And so taking a step back for a second to put yourself in the shoes of your counterpart on the other side and to recognize and acknowledge that your study is not the only thing that that site is working on. There is many other things that that person is responsible for across other studies, and they have their own process and systems and tools. And so if if your solution as a sponsor or a CRO is to 
you know, force the site to break from their workflow or force the site to go somewhere else that, that, that they don't go for their other studies, the, there's a barrier to entry and there's a friction there for your solution to be effective, successful, highly adopted, and also receiving high engagement. Um, I think there's a lot of sponsors and CROs that really want to do right by sites and, and help. But if you're only helping for your studies, it, it really is not a true help. It's a, you know, it's a partial solution that sometimes works that maybe the, the sites uh, partially adopt. And I think if you can reframe it to, well, what are the sites doing today and how can we fit into their workflow and their solutions? You're setting yourself up for better success, better site satisfaction, better engagement, and, and ultimately better adoption. That's definitely one of those scream it from the top of the mountain types of concepts, right? It's one of those things that we really need to emphasize to the entire industry. And it it seems like it would be such a simple ask and a simple concept for our sponsors and CROs. Just take the time to have the conversations and understand how this is going to work from an implementation and a an long-term standpoint at the sites. And if you just do that work and understand and, and maybe make some adjustments to whatever sort of technological investment that sponsor and CRO is looking to have, that it's really something that is, again, site ready and something that the sites can use, then it'll, like to your point, go a long way for site satisfaction, becoming the sponsor and CRO ch of choice, and even being the technological supplier of choice, if we want to want to use that term there. So I think that's a really great point. And I know uh, a soapbox that you get up onto regularly, Mike. So thanks for um, underpinning that point for us, for sure. Begin to close up a little bit here, Mike, and and, and move move on uh, to our to our next question here. So why isn't the current CRA model working to achieve some of the goals of single point of contact and what's in it? for, I guess, the sponsor and CRO then to to do this right. We've talked a lot about what this means for the site and how it can help them, but let's get sponsor and CRO buy-in here to uh, maybe adjusting how they manage this relationship. Yeah, I would, if I'm in the, the shoes of someone at a CRO today, I would really want to make sure that I have direct line of sight and visibility into what is the experience that my CRA and other staff are, are giving to sites? Are they setting them up for success, doing a so-so job, or are we hindering the site's success? I think it's very common to go and talk to sites and the number of anecdotes that come out of it of this past week, this happened and led to this number of deviations and all it all could have been avoided if just this email had been responded to, things like that, or if, if this tech vendor had kind of sorted out this issue we have. And so if you don't have visibility into that in real time on the front lines, I, I think there's an opportunity to improve that. And then once you do have that visibility, now what can you do about it from there? Um, you know, I think there's always going to be time restraints. There's always going to be staff and resourcing restraints. But if you can kind of find that consistency of how do we do things so that there's no surprises on the site's end and there's a playbook and there's a clear understanding of how things are going and it's not each individual staff member is, again, choosing their own adventure and 
doing things in a different way and communicating in a different way and sharing things in a different way, but there's standardization on both ends and everybody knows what the playbook is on both ends. That I think that's really the path to familiarity and uh, no surprises and, and surprises can be really disruptive in, in our industry. Absolutely, Mike. And, and a really great point to end our conversation on here. And, and let's minimize surprises, right? And, and put some processes, plans, and communication channels in place so that we can minimize the disruption and, and the delay to the execution of the clinical trials that we are all here to advance and therefore bring new medicines to patients faster. So thank you again for being here with us today. Thanks for sharing uh, some really great points and insights and, and some tips and uh, advice really for sponsors, CROs, sites, and other professional service providers in the industry about what they can do to build stronger relationships with the clinical research site. So again, thanks for being here with us and, and sharing. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Want to make sure that everyone listening registers for upcoming summits being held throughout the year where we will continue to build upon conversations like this one by visiting the summit page on our website, myscrs.org. While you're on our website, I also want to encourage everyone to check out our other SCRS thought leadership and publication opportunities built for the SCRS community in the publication section of that same website. Again, myscrs.org. We appreciate everyone's participation and listening to today's program and look forward to having you join us for more great content in the future. Thanks for listening.